Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Welcome to the Throwing Jabs Podcast with Jace Garcia and Jared Jones. He is now the WDC and the IBF Welterweight Unified Champion of the World, Arrows Bad Junior. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 11 of the Throwing Jabs Boxing Podcast. I'm Jace Garcia. I'm joined, like always, by my man, Jared Jones. Let's dive right into the big fight, possible fight of the year candidate we had last weekend. Earl Spence Jr. unifies the IBF and WBC welterweight championships in a split decision against Sean Porter. Dude, this was a fight. It was a Ooh. fun fight. Everything I asked for, everything I wanted. I went into this fight. Uh, I, I I don't like Earl Spence Jr. because he's a Cowboys fan. And he's so close to Jared Jones. <laughs> and I'm a Giants guy. So I have no will towards Earl Spence. Uh, Porter has never really done it for me. So I, I, didn't, I didn't watch. I didn't score it. I didn't really have a dog in the fight. I thought Earl Spence Jr. was going to win, but I just sat down and watched this. Like I said, I didn't score. I didn't go round by round. I just watched it, and boy, was I entertained. This was a fun, fun Great fight. fight. Great fight. Um, We picked Earl Spence. We yeah. said it'd be a fight worth watching, and I was not disappointed either. This was uh, all, I, all I wanted it to be, and then some. Uh, definitely a fight of the year candidate, and, I, and Spence won the fight. Yeah. I mean, I had I had Spence winning the fight. I think it was uh, not a decisive victory, but but stop saying he was exposed here. I hear fans saying Errol Spence yeah. was exposed. This is this is Sh- Sean Porter. Yeah, Spence won the fight. These 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 are the names that came to mind watching that fight. James Kirkland, my favorite fighter, Emmanuel Augustus, and uh, Arturo Gotti. Even yeah. as much as I hate to compare that guy to anybody, Sean Porter is like that in the sense that you want to watch his fights. I don't care what his record ends up or what he does with his career. I'm watching all of his fights. You want to watch this kid fight. He's scrappy and entertaining and gets after it. And that's, yeah. that's the guy you want to see. So he gave a tough fight to a guy that we both had on our top five. One yeah. of the baddest men on the planet when it comes to boxing, and won rounds. Love Sean Porter, man. I ha- I have even more respect for Porter than I did because he's that one guy too at the top of the division that's fought all of those guys. He yeah. he, fu- yeah. he fought, fought almost everybody at the top of the division. So if you don't respect Sean Porter, regardless of his wins and losses, you don't understand boxing. This is this is a bad man. Yeah, and I, I think this fight also, like, Earl Spence stepped up to the task of Sean Porter. Yeah. Like, we saw, he, he beat me, uh, Mikey Garcia, but we don't really know. Mikey Garcia's coming up, and there's a bunch of stuff surrounding that. Some question but, marks. He had a long layoff. Yeah, and Earl Spence Jr. stepped up to the task of Sean Porter and was able to get it done. So, hats off to him. Uh where does Earl Spence go from here? In the post-fight interview, he said he wanted Manny, and he said if he, he couldn't get that done, he'd want Danny Garcia. 
But this dude, he's keeping Terrence Crawford's name out of his mouth. Hmm. <laughs> I, 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 either all three of those fights sound fun, sound great, uh, but Terrence Crawford's up there for pound for pound. You should want to go after and yeah, the top dog. Yeah, yeah. If if Errol Spence was Sean Porter, he already would have fought Bud Crawford. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'd have got that done already. Um. And that's might be the only fight I like there because Manny w- beats or doesn't beat Errol. You're kind of, you know, yeah. like like we always get with Manny. When are you going to get old? When's it going to go away? Um, Garcia, I think, is close to the top. He's an upper echelon guy. I don't think he's at the top of the division. And when you beat Sean Porter, you should be fight. He's like the gatekeeper. Uh, he's the he's the Will Brand of that of that weight class. So you should be looking if you can beat that guy. Yeah. To be the champ, to be the best out there. Um, I don't think Manny necessarily proves that. Beating Jeff Horn certainly doesn't prove that. I like Crawford for for Spence, and I don't think any of those other things make sense. And if I'm Spence, I don't want a rematch. Um, you beat a guy like Porter, you don't do it twice. Yeah. You don't you don't invite him back for a second go round because it's gonna put more my he'd probably win the same way. 115, 111, 116, 112, something yeah. like that. And and to have one of his hardest fights of his career. Again, yeah. Yeah. So if you're gonna take the toughest fight of your career, take it against Bud Crawford. Take it against the top guys, the top names out there. You know, come yeah. down, come up, whoever you are. Thurman, aside from just losing to Pacquiao, I would have loved that fight. Yeah, that would have been great. But, uh, but I mean, you can't write Pacquiao off. I like Pacquiao or Bud Crawford better than Garcia, though. All right. Uh, speaking of rematches, Porter, like you said, he's fought everyone. Where does he go from here? It has to be a rematch, whether it's with Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, or even Adrian Broner. Uh, I, I, I like the Thurman one. They're both coming off losses. Yeah. Uh, f- Find mm-hmm. that next in line, you know. Uh, or, I mean, Danny Garcia would be another fun fight. I, I, l- like you said. Yes, Trump yes, Porter, and yes. Well, that's what I. Yeah. <laughs> that's my response to that question. Who's next for him? Thurman, Garcia, Broner. I'd watch Porter and Pacquiao. Yeah. I'd watch Porter and Crawford. It yeah. would be fun. You find out what guys are made of by guys like Sean Porter. So yeah. whoever he fights next, he'd beat Broner again. He's that's that's yeah, that's yeah, Broner's Broner should be off the map here, but uh but any of the rest of these fights for Porter I like. For Spence, you want to be careful and take that next step. Don't take a rematch, take the next step. And if you're Porter, I don't care who you fight, dude. I'll watch. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's gonna be fun. But uh let's let's talk a little bit of the co-main event. David Benavidez regains the WBC super middleweight title. After a stoppage due to a, a cut above the eyelid or on the eyelid. This, uh, it was rough, but like, I, I understand the stoppage, but you fast forward a couple weeks ago, Fury was able uh, to tough it out. That you, you know, that since was there, worse. That was, that was way worse. That was worse. And there was, it was not just, Fury had it on the eyebrow and on the eyelid. So, I mean, th- these are going to go hand in hand regardless just because how close they are and how 
it ended. But I, I mean, maybe Darrell could have kept fighting. Maybe he did look a little shaky at the end there. It looked like Benavidez was putting it on him, so his corner did go to the commission and stop it. But that was still a fun fight. Granted, the stoppage was what it was. I I have a, a bit of a problem with Anthony Durrell here because okay. he's 34 years old. Yeah. And when I looked into when I when I was looking into before this fight and found out he only had one loss to Badu Jack. Of all yeah. you're thirty four years old, you've got one loss, you never I don't ever really remember him up in that title fight. A lot of safe fights for him. Yeah. And he was dominated in this fight. Benavidez looked really, really good fighting a thirty four year old, you know, a veteran yeah. at this point, you'd call him. With only one loss in his whole career to Badu Jack, this this was a great performance. Benavidez is on the map. This you should watch out for this. Yeah. He looked so good against somebody that should have been tough to look good against. Yeah, you're right. I we were talking about it uh, last show, and I said uh, I, I figured Benavidez was the underdog in this fight because Darrell had the championship. Yeah, and Benavidez was he didn't. Darrell at least had Badu Jack. That's at yeah, least yeah. someone. Yeah. Benavidez, no Bika, one really. he fought twice. Yeah. Yeah. So This was Benavidez's step up. Yeah, but then when I turned on the fight and it showed Benavidez was a giant favorite, I knew right then that I- I'm missing something here. Yeah. We saw it during the fight. What is next for uh, uh, Benavidez? I mean, some of the box ranks top uh, guys in that division, Callum Smith, Chris Eubanks Jr., Billy Joe Saunders, Rocky Fielding, Caleb Plant. I think any one of this would any one of these guys would be interesting. Uh, I personally have a spot in my heart for Billy Joe Saunders because he he's he's the guy and he's like Tyson Fury's best friend. So I don't I I, I think any one of these fights and would beat be good. two of these guys. Yeah. Beat two of the other guys on that list. Um, yeah. I like Saunders, too. This is the problem I have um, with everybody in that weight class. My, minus maybe Benavidez. Benavidez, 22 years old. Yeah. And just fought Anthony Durrell. So free pass for you on taking tougher fights. But you've got four of the top guys in that division. Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders, David Benavidez, Caleb Plant. They're undefeated. Yeah. Why would you? How could you all be undefeated? You're the top five, six, seven guys in the division. Four of them are undefeated. That's 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 a problem in boxing. They can't all be champions. These yeah. guys have to fight each other. Billy Joe Saunders is the one who's taken some of those other fights. And um, yeah, so any of those undefeated guys, let's take Chris Eubank and Rock uh, Fielding's. Fielding's really good, but lost to Callum Smith. Yeah. And lost uh, to Canelo. Oh, yeah. So those are his two losses. He's got legitimate losses. This is a tough guy, but more more of a step up. Benavidez should fight Fielding, maybe. Yeah. But uh, those are the three undefeated guys. They got to get in the ring together. Caleb Plant, Caleb, uh, Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders. Those three guys. Any combination. You guys got to fight each other. It's time. Yeah, let's hope Eddie Hearn can make one of those fights on the undercard <laughs> of KSI and Logan Paul. That's... That's uh, still pissing me off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I would love to see. Yeah, I think something like a Rocky Fielding, like 
one step up, not like a huge leap. Granted, this guy seems like a gamer. He seems like he's would take a fight with Billy Joe Saunders or any one of those guys. But I, I do think you bring him up one step at a time. So like a Rocky Fielding would be interesting. But we'll see. And I'm excited to see this kid fight again. He looked yeah. really good. Oh, yeah. Looked really good. Especially considering the competition. All right. Let's talk some current events. We finally got a date announcement for Wilder and Ortiz. The rematch will take place November 3rd in Las Vegas on Fox Pay-Per-View. And while this was announced, Wilder gives his reaction to the Fury and Wallen fight. Said, of course, I'm happy that Fury got the win. Then if he didn't, because that would mess up our plans if he lost. But big time. The gash looked like it was three inches long, two inches wide. It was crazy. Then it became two cuts and became even worse. When I was talking to Al, Al Heyman, I was like, this is bad. Or this shit is bad. They gotta stop this. Uh, See, I I do have, uh, like, obviously... This is a little bit of him looking past Ortiz, who, till this day, besides Fury, is his toughest fight. Yeah. And, like, obviously, we all knew that Fury wasn't going to lose to Wallen. Going into that fight with the cut, yeah, it it looked tough. As much as you could know. Yeah, as much as you knew. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, dude, like, Wilder's focused on this, but. Ortiz is for real, man. King Kong Ortiz is for real. And Wilder was already tested by him. Maybe, I mean, Luis Ortiz is a veteran, so he might have learned some stuff. I, this gets me very nervous for Wilder. Yeah. because it's, it's not the type of rhetoric you want to hear. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, this is also selling the next fight with him and Fury. So, it, it's it's a little but you're selling a fight you haven't got to you let me you, yeah, now right. here's the question you need to ask yourself when you when i read this comment here's the question i luis ortiz versus otto wallen who wins ortiz i'm taking ortiz yeah, yeah. oh all day with a shrug and a yeah who yeah. didn't know that and you're sitting there saying i'm happy he got the win if he didn't it would mess up our plans big time what the hell are you talking about yeah. dude you've got ortiz next and you're 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 coming down on Fury for having a tough fight with a weaker guy than you're about to fight. You and Fury yeah. was a draw. So be careful in there with Ortiz. You should be focused on other stuff. I don't know, man. You should be down in the basement at the Rocky Gym and not maybe not even at the fight. Let alone making comments that look like Wallen's a lot tougher test than Ortiz when yeah, I think right. the average boxing fan would would think Ortiz is is absolutely and Boxrec probably has him 70 spots higher on the heavyweight yeah. ranking than this than than Auto Autotech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh I'm glad this fight actually got a date though. We we know when it's actually coming up. Yeah, my daughter's birthday. Nice. Uh this this will be fun. But the way things have going, I'm just favoring Luis Ortiz more and more. I, I, I don't I don't know why. I mean, you know, granted, it does only take one punch from Deontay Wilder. Oh, 
that's that's tough though because when I think of that, my go-to is Ronda Rousey getting caught up in her own head. You yeah. know, like you started believing the hype about you was true. And then somebody pissed you off. You went in there, I'm not going to do arm bars anymore. I'm just going to punch her in the face and kick her ass. Yeah. And that's what you did. And then you were like, I could do that to everybody and got stomped out by Holly Holm. And that's kind of my go-to when people get too caught up in the media and the hype and the BS behind the fights. And that yeah. kind of feels like hearing you say that I'm, you know, doing the math and it kind of feels like what Wilder's doing and it would be easy for the media to pounce on if he loses this fight to yeah. Ortiz. We're going to go back to all of these things. And well, you said this and this and this and this, and you obviously weren't focused. Yeah. And if we can do that, there's got to be, you know, there's there's at least a trail there where there's where there's smoke, there's fire. So that's that's an interesting take. Yeah. But with with that with that take being said, every time Deontay Wilder fights, it feels like he's fighting the tef, toughest guy available at the time. Yeah. And he's always able to pull out the win. Like the first time Ortiz, even Brazil better than who other people fought in that but besides Andy better. Ruiz, but I mean, even f taking the Fury fight over getting the Joshua fight done, like he's always fighting the tougher guy. He always brings doubt, but he's able to get it done. So I'm just excited for this fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's been able to pull it off 50 times already. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if yeah. this second Ortiz fight is any different. I don't think it will be. I think we'll get the Wilder Fury rematch. I I hope so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, another fight announcement, Colm Smith, who we were just talking about, will defend his WBA Super Middleweight Championship against John Ryder on November 23rd on DAZN. So that same night, uh, I can't imagine the viewership is going to be that good for Colm Smith versus Ryder as it is for Deontay Wilder. No, no, but uh, Callum Smith is one of those four guys at the top of the Super Middleweight class. Yeah. And he's fighting guy with four losses. That this yeah. is the farmer of the division. Like it's it's it if I hope Callum Smith doesn't care who the best fighter in that weight class is. In his weight class, I hope he doesn't care who the best fighter cuz this fight is not going to bring us any closer at all to figuring that out. No. You yeah, you're right. Uh should be interesting though. If you don't want to play, pay the pay per view. You can watch that and uh, get a not the same kind of fight. Uh, another fight announcement we got: Teofimo Lopez will challenge IBF lightweight champion Richard Comey on December fourteenth at Madison Square Garden on ESPN Plus. And according to Bob Arum, the the promoter for Top Rank, the winner will take on. Vasily Lomachenko, giving him that other belt, making him clean out the lightweight division. So I, I'm excited to see that happen. Yeah, me too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th this is a fun fight. This it's, will show us. It's awesome. Kami and Lopez are number two and three yeah. on my on my ELO ranking system there for BoxRack. So you've got number two versus number three, and the winner takes on number one. Awesome. That's how oh, it ought to be board. working. That's you know, this yeah. is this is this is the tournament style that we're looking for. But um 
be careful with this uh, Tiafimo Lopez. Now, he's a bit of an unknown, but here's the rankings of his last five fights. Okay. okay these are his opponent's rankings on the, on the ELO system is 467th, and then he fought 241st, then he fought 129, then he fought 68, then he fought 34. Those are big, and now two, yeah. and then one. Those are video game style jumps in yeah. five fights to go from the 467th ranked guy in your weight class to number two and then one over the course of five fights. You're jumping up almost 100 guys a fight. Yeah. And the best guy prior to this were 68 and then 34, and now you're moving up to two. This could be a relatively dangerous fight for Lopez. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, there is a lot of hype behind him. A lot of people are talking about him. You just mentioned uh, video game style jumps. Uh, to close out current events, there are rumors circulating that EA Sports is working on a new Fight Night Champions video game, which I think oh. will be big for boxing, seeing as how... If you look at what the UFC video game has done for UFC and that's growth to now like being owned by ESPN and that stuff, I think boxing boxing's booming right now. And to get my generation or the younger generation on to boxing and get them hip to it, a video game is the perfect way to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. And it gets the names out there, the likeness. You recognize yeah. the fighters. If you're playing the game, you know who the, who the guys are that yeah. you have to pick from. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good idea. I didn't know I didn't know that was coming out. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, it's just it's just rumors right now, but like heavy rumors from from reputable reputable, reputable. video game sources. Do you so. know why we don't get boxing video games? Why? The flurry from last week talking about a national commission oh, yeah. on boxing because if you do football Madden Signs a contract to, let's just yeah. say, Madden Football, the video game, EO Sports Madden, signs a contract with the NFL. Yeah. Fight Night signed a contract with Arturo Gotti, signed a contract with Mickey Ward. Every fighter that they have in there, they need to pay separately and sign to a contract. Dang. So, yeah, so because there's no national commission that all of the people fall under the umbrella... You've got to sign them up separately one at a time. So it becomes impossible to make a video game because it, 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 it's Glass Joe and King Kong, yeah. you know, or, or your fighters are, are Godzilla and Donkey Kong instead of, you know, actual Lomachenko and, you know, Bud Crawford. Yeah. Because you'd have to sign those guys up and pay them. Like the Fair Pay to Play Act is arguing for college kids right yeah. now. You have to pay them individually for their name and for their likeness and to be allowed to use their even their boxing record next to their face. You've got to pay them each one at a time. Yeah, so let's hope that can get, get done because I, sure. I, I, I would love that. Uh, let, let's move on to the preview of this weekend's fights. Uh, starting off October 5th from New York on zone. Triple G takes on Sergey Derevyanchenko, the chump, for the vacant Derevyanchenko. IBF. Chumpko. 
Yeah, the vacant <laughs> IBF middleweight title. We've talked a lot about this fight and how just, I mean, we put Drevyanchenko on the enemies of the show list. This is this just infuriates me so much that this fight's happening and you're taking a belt away from Canelo through not in the ring means or on the scale means. It's ridiculous. I hope Triple G knocks this dude into another dimension <laughs> for doing this to Canelo. Something tell me you were going to pick Triple G. <laughs> um, yeah, you've, you've got a lot more fire for Derevianchenko than I do. But I think that I've, I've always had Triple G in my top five, and I'm a wins and losses. I'm a numbers guy. Yeah, you know, I just that's that's I naturally I'm I'm numbers oriented. So Triple G goes out of my top five, and Canelo goes into it because of the wins and losses. Oh. Even though I scored some of those fights a bit differently than they ended up, a win is a win is a win, and yeah. that's the we that's why we play the game, right? <laughs> we play to win the game. Um, so this is one of the fights that Triple G needs to get back into that conversation to to alert people that those Canelo fights were really, really close. And he's still one of the top five guys in the yeah. world. And I think this fight will do that. He'll, he'll be fairly dominant and put himself back on the pound-for-pound pound map. Yeah, I, I'm just excited. I, I, I know Triple G is going to win. Hmm. I... Hope he knocks in. Dramatic fashion. Yeah. My boy Jace wants dramatic Triple G. Yeah. Let's deliver. Uh, let's talk another fight this weekend. Uh, I, I think it's big. It, it, I might watch this fight over this the zone fight just in spite hey. of Derevianchenko. But from Flint, Michigan, on Showtime, the vacant WB, WBO women's junior middleweight title is on the line as Clarissa Shields faces off against Ivana Habazin. Uh, Clarissa Shields is like the biggest name in women's boxing right now. Like probably the biggest draw. Yeah. It's arguable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's the number Love one. Love Katie ranked, Taylor. Yeah. Honorable yeah. mention. Yes, honorable mention. <laughs> she is 9-0. She's the number one ranked middleweight, so she's coming down to fight uh, this Habazin woman. She's the 13th ranked junior middleweight champion. So uh, all things are looking Clarissa Shields here. But uh, I, what really, I'm glad that this is on Showtime. It's the women getting the spotlight. This is the main event. Like we, we've talked about before. Women's title fights can sometimes be in the undercard. There's a spot stuff. here. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Carissa Shields is uh, right yeah. now really bringing light to the women's division, and I'm excited. Well, and 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 p part of her allure and one of the problems that she'll eventually face is that there's not a lot of competition for she just beat yeah. Christina Hammer. Yeah. That was, in my opinion, far and away the second best in that weight class. So coming down, going up, I mean, she has some other options, but I don't see a lot of great fights out there for her. I want her to just keep doing what she's doing, keep fighting the best and, uh, and winning convincingly. And mm -hmm. she, may, she may go down because of 
not just because of the competition. Don't get me wrong. Her skill level is top of the line, second to none. She's she's yeah. very, very good. But she may go down as one of the greatest female fighters of all time. And you can't knock the competition because the further back you go, the worse it gets in women's boxing when it comes yeah. to competition. So she's facing some of the best competition there's ever been in women's boxing. And it's still not very competitive with her. This girl is is badass. Grade A badass. Yeah. I mean, if you go on YouTube, you can type up her sparring with Chris Cyborg from now Bellator. That those are that's something to watch. So uh, if she you reminds me of Ann Wolf. If you remember Ann Wolf, look up. I mean, she this is this was Sean Porter in the female form. This was that exciting. Her knockout of Vonda Ward. If you haven't seen it before, look it up. Ann Wolf knocks out Vonda Ward. It's one of the whole, most hellacious knockouts you're ever going to see in your life. Male. Female, heavyweight, flyweight, I don't care. And Wolf Vonda Ward. All right. Outrageous knockout. One of the best I've ever seen. And Ann Wolf was a monster. And that's who Clarissa Shields kind of reminds me of. Okay. I'll have to check that out when I get home. But before we call it a day and before we head home, we're going to end the show like we always do. Jared, hit me with that flurry. I touched on the Fair Pay to Play Act. Are you familiar? Yep. The Fair Pay to Play Act, the NCAA, is, um, has never paid any of the players. Nope. The NCAA makes a billion dollars in the month of March off yeah. of March Madness basketball and monopolizes most of the other college sports. The FBS takes a little slice of football, but whatever. Yeah. So the California lawmakers have introduced a fair pay to play act uh, proposing that the state's college athletes be paid for their image, name and likeness. They will not be. It's a kind of a strange name because they're not paid to play. Yeah, they're still amateur athletes. They're just allowed to profit off their image, name and likeness. So my question is, why do we go to school? To, to learn, to get a job. Education, education yeah. is easy. Job yeah. is the next step down the yeah. line. To get an education is like this transcendent type of, yeah, fine. That sounds great because we can learn more and we can know more stuff. But why do we want to know more stuff? We're sitting in a broadcasting school we both yeah. graduated yeah. from. Because we wanted to know how to do this or because we eventually wanted to build a life and a career and get paid. By the time you get to college, that should be your focus, is what can I do to earn money to build a life here? Um, so basically, what the NCAA has done up to this point is encouraged college kids not to do what they're ultimately in college for. Yeah. Which is just like stimulate their entrepreneurial spirit. If my name is worth something and I can sell an autograph for 50 bucks, I should go out there and try to do that. I'm a college kid and I'm learning how to make money so as to build a life. So to get in the way of that in the first place is asinine. I want to make very clear which side of this argument I stand on because I'm about to say something a little bit controversial. Okay. Um, 
to the people who stand on that side with me that that was stupid in the first place. If you're going to put my face on a video game character yeah. and put my jersey number on him and put my name on his back, then I should be compensated. Like any other athlete on the planet, I should be compensated and not have the NCAA put an umbrella over me that says I can't do what I'm ultimately in college to do. Yeah. Which is build a life and make some make some money. So encourage their entrepreneurial spirit. Let them get paid for this stuff. And on the other side, the devil's advocate in me says, be careful because this is one of the things that happened to boxing. Skill level became less important than entrepreneurial spirit. And we have Tank Davises and Adrian Broners running around our sport like they're the biggest names we have out there when they're n never have looked like or been somebody who's going to be competitive at the top of the division. So you will end up with college players that may or may not be as good as their hype just because they have more Twitter followers. They're going to yeah. look like the best player. And, and their statistics on the court are going to come into conflict eventually with their statistics in the media and on social media. And their, yeah. their likes and shares and stuff is not how good a person or how good a player you are. And I think people get confused with that too often. So while I fully support this pay-to-play act, I think it should be universal. I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's stupid that we're having the conversation about college kids going out and finding ways to make money. Yeah. It's what they're doing at college. Yeah. But there's another side to this that eventually you want to be careful for. And I'm not arguing for the NCAA. I think I've been fairly clear that I think they're, that I'm against what they have done here and what they have built. But once you let that out, it's impossible almost to put a cap back on. You and I have been back and forth with this boxing thing and how to put a cap back on to something that they're about to let off of. In college sports. Yeah, but even though the cap has been on, you still see stuff like that with Twitter followers and that stuff. Look at Jameis Winston. He was uh he, he won yeah. a national championship though, but he still he started a following and that's what got him at the time what first overall pick, second yeah. overall pick. Yeah. Or even Lonzo Ball in NBA, his dad talking all this yeah, yeah. about him. He does good he does all right in college. You're right. It's this following, but now, but but the but neither one of those those are great examples. Yeah. Thank you, Jason Winston, uh, Jameis Winston. Um, um, that they never, to me, Lonzo Ball never showed that next level. Besides his yeah. social media presence and his dad, those are the things that set him apart, as opposed to his skill level. Jameis Winston, th the same thing, you know. Um, um, jumping on top of a table in the cafeteria and yelling out obscenities, yeah. you know, he, he, these guys never made the type of headlines that would justify the money they're being paid and the yeah. position they got drafted at. And haven't since either. I don't think Jameis Winston is now one of the top 10, 
15, oh, no. 20 quarterbacks out there. And I don't think Lonzo Ball is one of the top 20 point guards. These guys mm. were both built their name a la Adrian Broner and Tank Davis. The jury's still out on yeah. Tank Davis, but for me, he's on that list of guys that aren't – you haven't shown me anything yet for me to get that excited about except you're winning, like, the popularity contest. I want you to win fights, homie. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Hey, you could argue the the jury's still out on Lonzo too, but we'll, we will see. Uh, really, I, I love this act uh, I, because I, I just wanted the college football games back. Yeah, for uh, video games back. But uh, yeah, I like this. Uh, you are right. This does bring stuff, but uh, stuff up like uh, problems and. Other things, it isn't all just roses and daffodils, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if you look, California is the going to be the top dog here. In the next couple of years, everyone's going to be committing to UCLA, USC. Those are going to be the strongest programs in the nation just yeah. because. There's already a dozen or so states that are following suit. Yeah, the proposals and that's Yeah, starting. there was a famous coach when we integrated college football. Um I can't remember who he was, but he basically said when African-Americans are allowed to play on white teams, I won't be the first coach to put an African-American on my team, but I sure as hell won't be the third. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of how this feels to me is California's leading the way. Um, Colorado with marijuana. Yeah, somebody's right. got to break that seal. But then when you find out that African-Americans can play football to every bit as well as whites, you want to put them on your team. Yeah. And I think people are wanting to generate the kind of capital that Colorado is off of marijuana. And people are going to want to replicate what California is doing with the Fair Pay to Play Act. And, and scrub scraps, when this thing gets off the ground, yeah. it's going to have copycats all over the place that are like, oh, I didn't realize this formula worked. But now that I see that it's working, how do we do it again? And that's what's going to happen. And uh, California is just the first the first Cinderella to slip her foot in the shoe. Yeah. And after that, you know, the step stepsisters will show up and they'll put on some slippers too. Yeah. In the next couple of years... SEC is not going to be anything. Everyone's be, going to be talking about the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, that's going to be it for the show, guys. Thank you guys for watching live, or if you're listening on uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, iHeart uh, Radio, wherever you're listening from. Uh, make sure you guys tune in next week for our next show. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Uh, we hope to see you next time.